Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 16. Tinder. The next few days were a depressing blur of dodgy apartments and attempts at becoming competent in the principles of economics. When I looked through the previous teacher's lesson plans and materials, I discovered that they were non-existent, other than a notebook with jot notes like, teach chapter nine this week, scribbled inside. So that was helpful. The textbook Mary had given me was a little more informative once I got past the rather patronizing title, Economics for Canadians. I suspected that the book had dumbed down a lot of its content because I was actually starting to understand the fundamentals of supply, demand, and price elasticity. This was a relief because in high school I had kind of just blindly drawn graphs and hoped for the best. The later chapters like inflation, investment, and the leaky bucket economy were still an enigma to me, but I wouldn't have to teach them according to the schedule until after the winter break, so there was still time to try and figure them out. My English as a second language classes were the least of my concern, given that they were the only subjects I'd actually been trained to teach. PE, on the other hand, was a struggle. I hadn't bothered to ask during my interview if the school had a gym. I had just kind of assumed that it did. I mean, don't all schools have gyms? But apparently, this one, being downtown, didn't. You can do some things in the classroom, said Mary, like yoga or pilates. Turning a tiny classroom into a gym studio and back again in time for the lessons that would come before and after it every day sounded terrible. You could also take the kids to the seawall to go running, she suggested. But for the most part, we were hoping that you could contact pools and community centers and see if you could book them. I researched places that were walking distance from the school and told Mary how much it would cost to book them. She had then asked the owner, whose name was Penelope, if the school was willing to pay the fee. They weren't. So my options were the classroom or outside, if it didn't rain. Given that this was Vancouver and it rained every freaking day, I had a feeling that the logistical nightmare of finding premises was going to make PE even more of a challenge than economics. But all in all, by the Thursday before I was due to start work, I was feeling all right about my teaching job. Nerves had made it impossible for me to sleep or eat very much, but I had taken advantage of my extra time by over-planning my new classes. 
I was still anxious as hell, but I now had a good month's worth of classes planned for everything other than P.E. So, apart from the fact that I was still homeless, things were going well. I lined up a few more apartments to go see in a last-ditch attempt to get something before the weekend. Gemma met me in the late afternoon as I dejectedly walked out of my last viewing for the day. No luck, she asked, picking me up on the curb outside the building. It wasn't terrible, I said. But, she prompted, it was taken like five minutes before I even got there. Dumb, she pouted. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. Don't worry, you've got a room at my place, or Breeze if that's a bit closer. I know, and I appreciate that so much, but the buses out to North Van are super inconsistent, and there isn't one that leaves Lions Bay early enough to get me to work on time. I'm probably going to have to take taxis every morning. I know, it really sucks. Taxis are so expensive. It's crazy that we still don't have Uber, I moaned. She nodded. We sat in the car for a few moments, watching her windshield wipers slowly push away the misty rain that was falling from the colorless sky. Then Gemma snatched my phone off my lap and said, there's got to be something. Let's check Craigslist one more time. I raised my eyebrows. Good luck. What about this place? Gemma asked, pointing at the map. Harwood and Butte, that's like two blocks from the beach. Yeah, I saw that one, but the posting looks super sketchy. There are no photos or anything. I honestly don't think we're in a position to turn our noses up at sketchy at this point, Gemma said, calling the number. If they pick up, we're going to see it. It's not that far away. I slumped back moodily in my chair. The phone rang and rang, and no one picked up. Like I said, I told her, it's probably a scam. There's no way a studio in English Bay would be a thousand a month, utilities included. She sighed. I guess not. Where should we grab dinner? The Nam? I agreed, and she drove toward Burrard. My phone rang as we were waiting in front of a traffic light. It was a random number, but I answered it. I hoped it might be one of the many not entirely awful places I had viewed that had been snatched up before I'd gotten a chance to make an offer. Maybe someone had backed out and they were calling to see if I was still interested. Hello, asked a man's voice. Hello, I repeated. Did you just call about the apartment? Which apartment? Harwood and Butte, he said. I'll be here for another half hour if you want to come see it. Yes, Gemma hissed, careening away from the exit toward Kitsilano that she had been intending to take and making a beeline back toward English Bay. Sure, we'll be there in five minutes, I told him. Great, he said. I'll meet you out front. When Gemma and I parked on the curb of Harwood and Butte, we found a short, kind-looking, middle-aged man waiting for us in front of an old, low-rise, concrete building. 
He introduced himself as Danny, the property manager, and led us inside and up an elevator that smelled heavily of tobacco. I had very low expectations as we made our way down the gray carpeted hallway to a unit at the end of the hall. Then he opened the front door, and Gemma nudged me excitedly. We were standing in a well-sized living room that had a large, sliding glass balcony door overlooking the ocean and Burrard Street Bridge. As though it had been waiting for this moment to make an appearance, the sun peeked out from behind the clouds and lit the place in a warm, mango-colored glow. I thought this was a bachelor, Gemma whispered. Bachelor? Danny asked, looking confused. Did I write bachelor? No, it's a one-bedroom. A junior one-bedroom, mind. So that's why it's a little small. I'll take it, I almost shouted. Don't you want to see the rest of the place? Danny asked, looking alarmed at my enthusiasm. Um, right, sure, I said, glancing into the bedroom, which also overlooked the ocean, and the bathroom next to it. It was old, and the discolored carpet could probably be replaced, but it was clean. A thousand a month, a ten-minute walk from downtown, a twenty-minute walk from work, and had an ocean view. Gemma and I ran out onto the balcony to get a better look. The seawall, which stretched all the way around downtown and into Stanley Park, was right there, across the street. I squealed with delight, envisioning myself running along it after work. So, you like it? Danny asked, joining us outside. I love it, I said, giving him a hug. I let go quickly, realizing that this was a little inappropriate. Sorry, I said. It's just exactly what I've been looking for. Well, we'll have to get you to fill out some paperwork and check your references, he said, smiling in spite of himself at how excited I was. Are you a student or... I'm a teacher, I said, hoping that this would make me a more desirable candidate. I could tell from the look on his face that it did. Great, he said. Let me just run downstairs and get you some forms. He was interrupted by his phone ringing. Hello? Oh, he did. I've actually got someone in looking at it now. Oh, I see. Danny hung up and gave me a sheepish look. That was my boss. It looks like someone has already taken this unit. I felt like a bowling ball had been dropped into my stomach. For a few moments there, I had actually thought that everything was going to work out. But no, it was taken. Gemma put her arm around me. Oh, okay, I told Danny, hoping he couldn't hear my voice trembling. If anything else opens up in the building, could you please let me know? Yes, of course, honey he said, kindly, taking out a pad of paper and writing my contact information on it. Dude, I'm so sorry, Gemma said, when we were seated for dinner at the NAM. 
It's not your fault, I said, picking at my Buddha bowl. But, ugh, that place was so perfect. I know, she said, pouring liberal amounts of miso gravy over her fries. But, hey, if we found that one, it means there must be others. I guess, I said, stealing one of her fries. How are things with Apollo? she asked. I could tell she was trying to distract me, but the thought of Apollo made me feel even more glum. We've texted a little bit, but he's being super nonchalant and flaky. Gemma rolled her eyes. He was so eager for so long. Now this? I think he's trying to distance himself because he thinks I'm staying in Vancouver to date him. Why are guys so full of themselves? I don't know. Well, it's his loss. You're amazing, and any guy would be lucky to have you. I scoffed. <laughs> right. Brooklyn Winters, she commanded. You will not let one guy make you feel like shit. You are smart and kind and funny and beautiful. I gave her an incredulous look, gesturing at my unwashed hair, the leggings I'd been living in for days, and the complete lack of makeup on my face. Yes, beautiful, she insisted, grabbing her phone from her purse and scrolling through her photos. Have you not seen yourself? She clicked on one of the photos she had taken the day we had gone swimming at Garibaldi Lake. You seriously look like a mermaid in this picture. Your body is insane. You've got to tell me what you've been doing lately. Not eating, I confessed. Oh, she said, pushing her fries towards me. Well, don't do that. But still, you look incredible, and I bet everyone would agree. What are you doing? I asked as she grabbed my phone from my purse. Posting this picture on your Instagram and Tinder. A magical mermaid shouldn't be sitting around sulking about one guy. Dude, Instagram? No, 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 I said, trying to take my phone out of her hand. Sorry, already posted, she said, holding the phone out of my reach. I stood up and snatched it back from her, laughing. I made to close Tinder so that I could go on Instagram and delete that photo first, but did a double take. The profile that was currently up of Stefan, aged 24, couldn't be real. There were three guys in it, all, apparently, competitive swimmers, based on the fact that they were wearing Speedos and standing in front of a pool. They were all attractive, but the two on the right paled in comparison to the one on the left. He was tall, or at least I assumed he was. It was always hard to tell with Tinder. His six-pack shone under his tanned skin, which was the color of a golden oak tree. His hair was dark and a little shaggy, with streaks of reddish-brown running through it. He had a jawline that looked like it belonged on a billboard, and his eyes were a swirling concoction of honey and brown sugar. I had never really given much thought to what the perfect guy would look like, but if I had, this would be him. But of course, there was no way that that guy was the one who the profile belonged to. I knew Tinder well enough to know by now 
that when you came across a group photo, nine times out of 10, the person who owned it was the one you were the least attracted to. I scrolled to the next photo, prepared to be disappointed, but my mouth fell open. This one depicted only the perfect guy from the photo before, smiling up at me and looking, if possible, even more ridiculously handsome than he had in the first photo. I thought we didn't ignore each other and go on our phones when we were together, Gemma said good-naturedly. Sorry, I said quickly, but look at this. I passed my phone to Gemma. Wow, tall, dark, and handsome, she said approvingly. What do you think the chances are of him being a douche? I asked as Gemma flipped through the rest of Stefan's photos. 100%, she said. I feel like I've seen him in a movie. He looks a little bit like that werewolf guy from Twilight, except that his jaw is so much stronger. Oh, I see that, I said. Do I swipe right? Yeah, see what happens, she said, pulling out her own phone again. If those are the guys on Tinder these days, I think I might just have to re-download the app. What about Austin? I asked her. Don't worry, Brooklyn, she said patronizingly. I'm being nice to him, but he hasn't asked me to be exclusive, so I'm technically a free agent. True, I smiled, and we put our heads together to pick out photos for her new profile. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gemma had to go into work for a short shift after dinner, and since I was spending the night at her place, I came with her. I thought I might try and get some writing done while I waited for her, but since I didn't have my computer, I was restricted to doing so on my phone. I opened up a blank document and immediately felt intimidated by its emptiness. I tried to bring myself into the fantasy world I'd been creating, but reality wouldn't release its grip on me. I considered writing a diary entry instead to hopefully dislodge some of the drama that was in my way, but couldn't do that either. In order to explain what was going on, I'd have to write about Tyler, and the thought of him made my skin crawl. I wasn't ready to relive everything that had just happened quite yet. So I did what any self-respecting procrastinator does and began scrolling through Instagram. 
The photo that Gemma had posted of me had garnered more likes and comments than any other picture I'd ever posted, and as stupid and shallow as I knew this was, it made me feel good. As much as I knew I shouldn't have, Tyler's attitude toward me during the last few months of our relationship, from implying that I needed to lose weight to comparing my body to that of my friends, had made me feel ugly. And even though the rational part of me knew that likes from random friends on Instagram shouldn't have the power to make me feel either good or bad, they did. Every time my phone buzzed with a notification of a like, I sat up a little straighter, as though the strangers sending them were pulling me up out of the pit I'd let myself get put into. A few more minutes later though, I had somehow ended up on the page of a perfect looking Barbie doll who had 10 million followers and traveled for a living. This sufficiently punctured my ego and I decided it was time to get off Instagram. I opened my Tinder app and looked through my new messages. A couple of guys had said varying versions of, hey, what's up? And one or two had sent something vulgar or disgusting, but my eyes shot straight to the message from Stefan. There was no way that this Stefan was the same hot swimmer guy Gemma and I had swiped right on at dinner. I was certain that that guy was the type who could afford to let girls send him messages first. He was obviously a player, and I was sure that if he did message a girl first, she would have to be either a supermodel or clearly looking for a one-night stand. Trying to remember what the other Stefan, who I must have swiped right on, looked like, I clicked open the message. No way, it said. I don't believe that that's you flicking your hair back perfectly in the water. I frowned. Was he insulting me? I flicked back to his profile to see if I could remember who this was. The gorgeous face of the tall, tanned swimmer smiled back at me. I stared. Why was this perfect man sending me a message? Deciding that he probably was insulting me, I wrote back, You don't believe that it's me or that I can flick my hair back in the water. What can I say? I haven't given up on my dream of becoming a mermaid. You're a swimmer, right? I immediately regretted sending two questions in one message. I looked way too eager and, like, I was, but still, I didn't want Stefan to know that. Besides, like Gemma had said, he was 100% likely to be a douche, so I shouldn't even be talking to him. A few minutes later, Stefan responded with two messages in a row. Your body just looks perfect in that picture. Pardon the openness, but your boobs look unreal. Your stomach, perfect. Everything. He added a tongue-out emoji after that, then said, And, yes, I'm a swimmer. Still trying to become a merman. Was the guy with the most perfect body I'd ever seen complimenting my body? He was definitely looking for a one-night stand. Still, a smile crept across my face as I typed a response back to him. Thank you. I'm a swimmer too. I don't compete though. I just love it. I hesitated before pressing send, 
then clicked on his profile again to read his bio. It was short, which I couldn't judge him for, considering that mine had nothing written on it at all. It said, Stefan, 6'3". 6'3 was like a dream, especially for a tall girl like myself. Brie had told us, back when she'd had Tinder, that she thought it was pompous when guys posted their heights on their profiles. The rest of us had pointed out that as Brie was barely five feet, she was likely to be shorter than any guy she went out with anyway. But Lana, at 5'7", had had so many bad experiences that she had started straight up asking guys how tall they were before going out on dates with them, and she was nearly three inches shorter than I was, so I appreciated Stefan being up front. Still, I started to wonder if I was being punked. There was no way that such a perfect-looking guy would be sending me messages saying that I was perfect. But then I saw the catch. Underneath his height was a single word. Toronto. Toronto, as in the city on the other side of the country? That was a problem. Why was I talking to a guy from Toronto? I thought Tinder only matched you with people in your own city. Maybe Stefan had just moved here and forgotten to update his profile information? I added, do you live in Vancouver, to the end of the message I was typing to him. No, I live in Toronto, he responded. The smile melted off my face. Just visiting the family out here, he continued. Where do you live? And do you have Snapchat? Everything about this last message screamed that Stefan was a fuckboy. He lived on the other side of the country. He was asking for my Snapchat. And yet, I responded, Oh, nice. How long are you in Van for? And yes, I live here. I hesitated, wondering why I was even considering giving this guy my Snapchat. Other guys on Tinder had asked me for it, and I had refused because I didn't like to give out that kind of stuff to people I didn't know. But then I thought, fuck it. I had just been in a two-year relationship, and I was excited to be single. Maybe this Stefan guy was a fuckboy. It didn't mean that I had to sleep with him. In any case... He wasn't coming across as a creep or insane or anything, so why not? I could always block him if he got weird later. I added my Snapchat name to the bottom of my message. I'm here until Sunday morning, Stefan responded with a winky face. Did you grow up in Van? No, I replied. I grew up in Singapore, then came here for school. I went to UBC. Added you on Snapchat, he wrote, and that's so cool. I bet you have some awesome adventure stories. Yeah, it was awesome, I wrote back, seeing the notification that he had added me on Snapchat pop up on my phone. I accepted it and asked, what do you do in Toronto? I'm studying kinesiology and health science right now and doing a lot of personal training and swimming. My life is surrounded by sport, fitness, and physical activity. Then he sent me a Snapchat selfie that said, Hey, smiley face. 
I scrutinized the photo, trying to find something wrong with his perfect face before it disappeared. Deciding against responding with my own selfie, I typed back, hey, on Snapchat. No selfie back, he asked. I felt a little weird. Why did he want me to send him a picture so badly? Deciding to just reply on Snapchat instead of Tinder to keep things less confusing over the two apps, I wrote, do you know what you want to do with kinesiology? And I'm out right now, so I don't really want to take a selfie. That's too bad, he responded. I really just want to see you, tongue out face. Are you out for dinner? And yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do with Kin. I frowned at my phone. Was I being catfished? The selfie he had sent had looked real enough, so I doubted that he wasn't a real person. But still, why did he need a picture of me? The part of me that wanted to believe the good in people reasoned that maybe he was just trying to check to see if I was a real person too. But the cynical side of me had a feeling that if he was asking for selfies after we had only exchanged a few Tinder messages, he'd be requesting nudes by tomorrow. Deciding to give him the benefit of the doubt, because this whole dating thing was supposed to be fun, I told him that maybe I would send him one once I got home. Then I told him about how I was waiting for my friend to finish work because I was staying at her place, and asked what exactly it was that he wanted to do with Kin. He said that he was thinking of doing physio afterwards, or maybe starting his own business and opening a gym. Then he asked why I was staying with friends, and I explained about my housing situation. Ready to go? I jumped. It was two hours later, and Gemma was standing over me, holding her work bag, ready to leave. Yeah, let's go, I said, leaving Stefan's last message hanging. You looked like you were getting a lot of work done, Gemma said, as we pulled up our hoods and dashed across the rain-flecked parking lot to her car. I haven't seen you type that fast since the end of fourth year when you pulled three all-nighters in a row to get all your essays done. I wasn't writing, I admitted, as we huddled inside the car. What were you doing then, she asked, putting the windshield wipers on full blast. Messaging that guy Stefan from Tinder. Stefan? Which one was he? I pulled up his Tinder profile and flashed it in front of Gemma's face as she pulled out of the parking spot. Ah, the tall, dark, and handsome, she smiled. Yeah, I said, except he lives in Toronto. Gemma shook her head. That's what happens. That's always what happens. What do you mean? The number of guys I found on Tinder who didn't live here, she shook her head. Tinder should require that you submit your permanent address or something. Total waste of time. Yeah, I said. I don't know why I just messaged him for like two hours. Do you like him? I can't like him. He's definitely a douche. Oh yeah, did he ask for nudes? No, I said slowly. Did he ask you to come over for Netflix and chill? No. Did he just talk about himself the whole time? No. Gemma looked over at me. Then why do you think he's a douche? Look at this, 
I said, waving his Tinder profile in Gemma's face. Okay, first of all, get that out of my face. I am driving. And second, guys are people too, Brooklyn. You can't just assume he's a douche based off of the way he looks. Oh, come on, Jem. You know that no guy could possibly look like he does and be a good person. Austin's hot, and so far, he seems like he's a good person, Gemma pointed out. And you were the one who told me to give him a chance. But, I began, but then I broke off. I did think Gemma was doing the right thing by giving Austin a chance, in spite of his good looks and sketchy reputation, but I had also seen the way Austin looked at Gemma, and something about the way he did that made me feel pretty confident that my best friend was safe with him. Stefan, on the other hand, was a total stranger, and something about the situation didn't feel real. Apart from being good-looking, Gemma said, what has Stefan done to make you think he's an asshole? Nothing, I guess. Apart from live in Toronto, I admitted. Toronto does produce a large proportion of Canada's assholes, Gemma said thoughtfully. But I don't know if him living there is enough for us to just assume that he's a terrible person. It's not about Toronto. It's about the fact that he lives on the other side of the country. He's clearly just on Tinder to hook up before he goes back to the East Coast. And you don't want to hook up. I don't know what I want. Well... If he's nice, there's no harm in talking to him, she said fairly. Can I use your phone for Google Maps? Mine's dead, and it looks like there's been an accident up ahead. I'm going to try and see if there's a faster way. I handed it to her as we stopped at a traffic light. She typed in her address and then laughed. What? I asked. Guys are just so predictable. She showed me a text message that was shining across the screen. It was from Apollo and said, Holy shit, nice Instagram post. How's your day been? I rolled my eyes. Now he messages me. You gonna respond? Gemma asked. Maybe in the morning, I shrugged, and we drove on through the howling rain. Time to get Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, new episodes will be published every Saturday until the end of the season. If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. 
Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.